Hi, everybody. It's Brian Davis here. This is Longhorn Confidential. Longhorn Confidential is brought to you by Zaxby's, taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. Here with Cedric Golden and Kirk Bowles on another uh, Monday here. And, boys, I won't tell you who won the game Saturday in the Red River shootout, showdown, rivalry, whatever it is we call it these days. But let me tell you this. Oklahoma's C.D. Lamb, Big 12 Offensive Player of the Week. Oklahoma's Kenneth Murray, the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Week. Oklahoma's Jalen Hurts, the Big 12 Newcomer of the Week. Who was the Coach of the Week? Not Tom Herman. Not Tom Herman. Things did not go well for Texas and Dallas, obviously. uh, Losing by seven, but guys, it might as well have been 700, because that's sort of what it felt like. It was a Red River route, despite what the final score, 34-27, tells you. This was the closest blowout I think I've ever covered. That that is so well put, Brian. Because I just I've never covered a game whose score was so not indicative of what went down on the field. I never thought for once that Texas was going to win that game after OU got in front. It just felt like they were going to be playing from behind the whole game. And even when they tied it ten ten, that lead lasted for about one minute and some change, and it was over. Yes, it was. You know, it almost looked over from the first drive because OU gets the ball, zip, 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 touchdown, seven nothing. It's like they were in command the whole game. You know and what it Texas looked, was fighting uphill. You know what it looked like, guys. It looked like a really good OU de- offense playing against the worst statistical defense in the Texas era. How could that have been? I well, know, and that's and and somehow it happened without Vance Bradford being on the sideline. That, Can't blame this one on Vance and Charlie. That, that to me, is the most fascinating thing about Saturday's game and the first six games as a whole. You know, remember, we came into this season talking about, oh, Texas has to replace eight starters. But I know that Tom Herman and Todd Orlando, they sort of felt like, well, are we really? Is yeah, that, they fought that. that. They, they didn't really think it was a big deal. No. Well, now here Texas is, halfway through the season, sitting in dead last in the Big 12 total defense, allowing 453.3 yards per game. That would be the highest total in school history. And, Kirk, uh, anything that's higher than Charlie Strong, that ain't good. That don't bode well, does it? You know, where did Todd Orlando go? Has he been kidnapped? I mean, this guy, after year one, was the rage. Should have left. And it was like, well, can they keep him? Where's he going to be a head coach? Is he going to Cincinnati? Uh, Where's he going? Because he is in demand. He was a hot commodity. And now, a year and a half later, you're saying they're last in the Big 12 and threatening to break, break UT school records for futility. So I ask you, Sid, where did he go? He went the way of a lot of defensive coaches in this league. To Which, Siberia. Tiberia. You can't get stops in this league. <laughs> Wait a minute, Alex Grinch got stopped you Saturday. Can't, you can't Don't get tell me Siberia. That. Alex Grinch gets stops, but not a lot of coaches get stops in this league. Well, you said you can't do it, so it can't be done. Even Mr. Campbell at Iowa State struggles to get stops at times. It's the Big 12. Very rarely is there a great defense. Well, we thought that, that Todd Orlando was like a... Well, you know, was was a misnomer in this league, like a guy that you don't see in this After league. After year one, but then we you did. look at that game, and and just like everybody else in this league, he's rushing three and dropping eight. I don't like rushing, and three. it's brutal to watch, especially when you can't get home with your three. Okay, I got a question for both of you: 
How smart was it sticking with your base front, three-man rush, and they'd sneak a linebacker as a stand-up fourth guy uh, from time to time? But how smart is that when you have an Oklahoma team that runs as well as they do, Brian? Well, I think the, the part of the biggest issue to me is that if you're going to stick with your three-man front and you're going to claim that that's your DNA, that's fine. I don't. I actually do not have a problem with that. That's what you believe in. That's what you're going to hang your salary on. That's fine. But those defensive linemen better be good. Why is yeah? And, why is that the, fine? It well, I'm not. Well, that's you don't think it's fine. No. Todd Orlando thinks it is fine. Was it fine Saturday? Well, 276 yards rushing. Yeah, we're good. We're you know, good. but here's the thing though, Kirk. You know what it did though? It finally brought to the fore what we have been talking about for weeks, and that is, you have Malcolm Roach is a senior, but you can scheme away from one lineman. You have Keandre Coburn in the middle, who's let's be honest, is playing his first year of college football. He's young, and you've got an, an upperclassman in Taquan Graham on the outside who has given you nothing thus far. He just hasn't. And a problem, no. a real problem is we're not having this conversation if you can get home with three. Absolutely. I mean, some, or a couple of times, oh, you rushed four. And, and no, Sammy and five or six. And Sammy was running for his life. He was. And, when they, was and when they blitzed, they got there. And Texas, when they blitzed, they got there a little early. They, they coached him into an interception early. But by and large, Duck, how many times did I did I elbow you in that press box and go, Jalen Hurst's not that good on the move, Duck? My ribs are sore. I know. He's not that good. He, he made run. some questionable decisions You're when right. flushed from that pocket, and Texas didn't make him pay enough. And I want to credit, and Kirk, I want to credit Sed because Sed is the one who jumped all over that. You did. On, on the, on the, uh, the one play that jumps out of my mind is when Hurts is pushed to his right by Osai on the sideline, and that was the interception. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, but regardless of how the play ended – it was the mere fact that Jalen Hurts was made a terrible decision when flushed out, on and the not run. his fir- not his last terrible decision. Correct. He made two or three more, and Texas could have gotten their hands on it. I mean, he's just he was below average when he was pushed off his spot. Now, if he ran and didn't throw when pushed off his spot, he was elite, and he showed it with 131 yards mm-hmm. rushing. Right. But, but when flushed from the pocket and still trying to throw. He was well below average, and Texas didn't make him pay in that area. Let's talk about. I want to talk about two specific things here. Uh, zero sacks for the second straight week again. The there Texas defense has not had a Show sack some in two sack. weeks. Or it's a sack. Not good. Texas defensive line, by the way, has only produced two sacks all season. Not good. Only four tackles for loss for the Bevos. Let's go to the other side here. Look at this. Nine sacks, which everybody knows about. Oklahoma. Fifteen. Fifteen, gentlemen. Tackles for loss. Yeah, you know, and again, to go back to the three-man front, I hate to beat a dead horse, but okay, you put three on the line, you back up eight to stop the pass, and and Texas has been pretty good against stopping the run in the Big 12, but not against Oklahoma. When you run for 276 yards and still pass like crazy, you got to make an adjustment. I mean, well, and Are you shocked, though, that, I mean, and you did ask this question, and I know you're not. They thought that their base would be good enough against a spe- – this is a special case. This is Jalen Hurts. This is Jalen Hurts that ran wild in the SEC with his legs. You know what I think they got fooled by, Sid? Those two tackles maybe were questionable. Maybe they won't play. Well, they well, both played. Well, I sat I sat here last Monday and told you both that those guys were going to play. Well, It's Texas OU. Those – I know, but Lincoln Riley said up. Thursday night. I didn't know if they were going to play. So they were 
They weren't full speed. I bet Lincoln knew they were. Lincoln I don't think knew. so. I don't think they were full gamesmanship. Strength. The coaches ain't gonna never tell us the truth, dog. Well, I, mean, I knew those boys were gonna play. They well, can, they thought Caden Stearns and Jenna Green were gonna play. They, they could they sit them next week against West Virginia, and no one's gonna care. But I wonder. You show up for Texas OU. But well, even if they played, they may have been half strength, and maybe that's why they thought they were lulled by that three men front. Oh yeah, we can get after them with three and occasionally four, and it didn't happen. Swenson and Ely were definitely good to go Saturday. Let's talk about who's not good to go this week against Kansas. Believe it or not, Texas will play another game, if you can believe that. Uh, Chris Brown, safety, uh, has a fractured forearm. He's going to need surgery. He will be out six weeks. Uh, Jeffrey McCulloch has a dislocated shoulder. Uh, Tom Herman said today, here on Monday, that uh, McCulloch will miss the Kansas game, probably miss a couple of weeks, but he does not see that as a season-ending injury. Uh, Colin Johnson, remember, if you'll remember, he missed three games with a hamstring injury. Now he's being diagnosed with a concussion. He will uh, lift today and uh, on Monday, and, and you'll have to see how it goes now that he's in the concussion protocol. Also, too, uh, the interesting news out of today is that uh, Tom says we should not expect to see uh, Jordan Whittington this week against Kansas. So, said, uh, One more thing, uh, BD. Yeah. Uh, Malcolm Roach going to sit out the first That's half. That's right, exactly. Against so a, a Kansas, suspension. a suspension for the targeting. Uh, you you shouldn't see Colin Johnson against Kansas. If you can't beat Colin Johnson, I mean, if you can't beat Kansas without Colin Johnson, then just let's just end the yeah, season. They, now. they barely beat him with Colin let, Johnson. Yeah, let Colin Johnson rest his head and then bring him back in another. You got enough receivers. Those guys, those freshmen, would play a lot better at the house than they did in Dallas. Okay. you know, and Brennan Eagles and Jake Smith. You know what they look like, Duck? They look like two freshmen in their first Texas Oklahoma game. They were not ready for prime time, my friend. Well, I think the wide receivers really took a big step back. Uh, Devin Duvernay, where were the hot reads? What did he catch? Six for 49? Wasn't that it? So they successfully contained him. Colin Johnson had some key receptions, but when he did, they were all over him. What about Devin? Brennan Eagles had some drops. What about Jake's, Devin on kick return? What, what was he well, thinking too, back there? But I'm going to say receiver, they were already covered. When did you see Devin Duvernay wide open? Like C.D. Lamb was, he didn't. For the record, Devin Duvernay had eight targets, eight catches. So eight catches for what? Forty-nine. Eight targets, eight catches for uh, fifty-four yards. Fifty-four yards. But he was he was a non-factor, wouldn't you say? They'll take that. They'll, take, they'll that. take eight for fifty-four all day long. Oh, Not you will. Oh, oh, yeah. You oh, will. you it definitely. Yeah. Oh, you'll take that all yeah. day. Where C.D. No Lamb yak. is still running. They still haven't tackled C.D. Lamb. So let's skip to today. Let's talk about okay. what happened today. Uh, Tom Herman's press conference again. We, again, we taped this on a Monday. Uh, after we uh, go to the time room impressor, said I want to start with you. A uh, little under thirty, little under thirty minutes. I uh, only got one question on the Kansas Jayhawks today. Tom did. That's uh, one too many. That's probably one too many. At the end, Tom looked looked into the microphones and playfully said, "You know, be, you know, hook them, beat beat Kansas." But nobody wants to talk about Kansas. What did you think of Tom today and uh, some of his 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 uh, thoughts? on the OU fallout. Well, first of all, after he said beat Kansas, I yelled across the room, you mean the opponent? Because you can say <laughs> Kansas, but you can't say Oklahoma. I just think that's weak. I, I don't – yeah, that, that's that's just really weak. That's poor form. But um, I think uh, – what do I think about Tom? Uh, today, evasive, uh, not, not always genuine uh, when he says he's not. You ask him, Brian. Well, I mean, what's the level of pissed offedness, uh, you know, with you and your coaching staff? Oh, man, you better be mad. If you're not mad now, when are you ever going to be mad? Yeah. Never get mad at the kids. You mean you didn't you didn't call your kids out in the locker room after the game? 
What, did you give him some sugar and some and some some post PC answer. He's angry at Those himself. Are, yeah, that's yeah. not true. Yeah, he's he's angry at his kids too. He's he angry at everybody. Be. He should be angry at everybody. Yeah, he what's wrong with that? Better. That's what tough love is. But you know what? I like what Brian Davis said. You know, uh, you got pushed around. You got our physical. Oh, and we haven't seen we haven't seen you get and treated he owned like that. that. He surprised. owned that part. That's the one part I of the, was today. A surprised. BD. Uh, uh, that's the one part of today that I I believe that he was being totally. Yeah, uh, transparent because he it was obvious. Like because it was obvious. Yeah, yeah the I'm whole not, world saw that. Yeah. Right. It it was. Uh, Kirk, what do you think? <sighs> well, we don't have any really good answers. He said, and he did say, well, we probably should tackle more on Tuesday. It's the only real day to hit. And and I understand he's in a tough place when you got two of your starters out and Josh Thompson in the secondary. Now you're losing Chris Brown. You know, Kobe Boyce. We haven't even seen him since he got demoted. Uh, to a backup so i don't know but other teams hit i mean wisconsin's sitting here with four shutouts in six games and yeah they've played some mid-american teams but you know texas played rice and louisiana tech and didn't shut out la tech so it's to me i'm really struck by the poor fundamentals and that's what tackling is poor fundamentals kick returns poor fundamentals running it you know three yards deep out of the end zone uh you know him trying to Devin Duvernay trying to catch a ball as it goes out of bounds, fair catching a kickoff and dropping it. To me, that was a, a lack of fundamentals. That to me, uh, and I wanted to. T- t- I'm glad you brought this up because I wanted to hit on this one topic. The two biggest games of the year, boys. Special teams have been awful, just awful. Brandon Jones, Jake Smith with the punt returns against LSU. Duvernay's decision making. Um, there was another ball that was rolled inside the five. Yeah, Deshaun James. Yeah, Deshaun James and let, let it go. Let I mean, that could decide who, games. Who's, who, who's the special team coach? Tom Herman is the special teams coach. He's the head coach. So I don't. I guess I just don't understand how you can be, how you can have veterans. That's what Duvernay is. That's what that's what Brandon Jones are in these games. Veterans making just unbelievably bad decisions. You know, part of it. Remember after the two fumbles by Brandon Jones and Jake Smith against Oklahoma State, he said, well, that's kind of on me because I've been kept preaching don't let the punts drop because there's all that hidden yardage where you know you don't let it roll 10 or 15 yards. So he kind of took the blame. So now they've gone to not, not fielding him, and Deshaun Jameson lets the ball roll inside the 10. You know, it's like the players may be confused. I don't know know what you're doing there. And on that subject, where the hell is Jake Smith gone? It's almost like he's been a different cat since he fumbled that uh, ball against Ohio State. I mean, yeah. Oklahoma State, we haven't seen him. Might be in his feelings. He dropped the pass against Oklahoma. He should have caught that. I thought there were five or six drops on Saturday. Maybe at least, at least by my count, there were six. And I just uh, – they just – I hate to see them play like that against elite competition. You're right. If they played against uh, OU like they played against LSU, maybe they get out of there with a dub. As bad as they played on defense at times against LSU, they still played really well offensively, and they made LSU earn every bit of that win. But they overcame a lot of their defensive deficiencies. Against LSU. Against LSU because the offense was so good and so explosive, and it was such an electric game. And Sam played it kind of safe against OU, too, I think. Yeah, I just, you know, basically, this team's not ready for prime time. It's one thing to play teams like that close, but you're going to have to beat some. Right. Uh, Kirk, to your point, Jake Smith won target, and that was the deep, that was the deep ball that that couldn't. He probably connect. should have caught. Probably should have caught that. Uh, no other targets. Wow. The, the rest of the day. Where do you uh, think he's going? 
to the sideline. Do you think it's his confidence is, I, is hurting after that Oklahoma State fumble punt or well, something else? That's the case. You got to get him out there and just start throwing it to him. Or maybe he's just a little bit lost, and maybe the, as they add to the offensive playbook, maybe he's not uh, you know assimilating it as fast as he did early. Or 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 maybe maybe it's just a step up in competition, and Could he be. hasn't and he hasn't responded just yet. Let's talk about uh, stepping up in competition. That is Roshan Johnson. Speak on it, gentlemen. Uh, Ninety-five yards, including a, including a fifty-seven yarder, which was a very impressive run. That was also the longest run in the Tom Herman era thus far, um, which is sad in its own right. But still, <laughs> uh, Roshan almost with his back-to-back one hundred-yard games. He was really the only person that had anything going for the Texas run game. Keontae Ingram, two carries. Nine yards, nine yards. I asked Tom Herman point blank today, is Roshan your starter? And he sort of uh, he danced. He missed that tackle as well. Uh, went straight on and said, well, it depends on practice. Said, bottom line, is Ro- should Roshan Johnson be the starter? Yeah. I said it last week. He's the best running back on the team. Why wouldn't you start your best player? I mean, that's that's like bringing in Casey Thompson and going, ah, we're going to. I'll tell you why. Yeah. He's afraid of hurting Keontae's feelings. Oh boy, that sounds familiar. Yeah, it's it's that is coddling. It, is, it ba- is it basketball season? That it, sounds like an, a good analogy, Kirk. It's coddling and enabling, and you know we've talked about you know Jackson Hayes sat the bench forever. Speak on and that. Shaka Smith tried to get Jericho Smith. Smith. Shaka Shaka Smart. Smart. <laughs> you, he's so bad that you can't even say his name I, anymore. I had Jake Smith still on the brain. <laughs> Shaka right. Smart. Remember, he, he was so enthralled with Jericho Sims and. After his good freshman year, he kept wanting to develop him and didn't want to hurt his feelings. So Jackson Hayes came off the bench forever, and uh, until finally it was unavoidable. And it's it's obvious to everybody with two eyes that, or even one eye, that Roshan Johnson's the best running back. So and he had eight carries, and Keontae had two. So the disparity from them is obvious. And why didn't you run the ball a little bit more? Because I guess they felt they couldn't block him. They felt like they couldn't block him, and they were also behind, and they felt like they, they wanted behind. to put the ball in the. But Hands they were behind twenty one nothing. Their be, usually, their best uh, player, and yeah. they wanted Sam throwing him more. Their best players are their, is their quarterback and their and their receivers, and they wanted to get those guys well, involved. Not receivers because we haven't seen enough of Colin. Their best Sam and Devin, you know, are their best players. Then Roshan's third. Yeah, right? but, Col- but Colin, I mean, Colin Johnson's well, been hurt. That's yeah, not, I don't blame yeah, him. He's yeah, been but hurt. Colin Johnson has skins on the wall, and when they went oh, to yeah. him, and when they went to him early, he looked good. Uh, I mean, yeah, he, he, did. he didn't look like a guy that's been out for the last four but weeks. But Rashawn's looked good for the whole season. Oh, absolutely. We are uh, getting close to our time limit here, but let's. Uh, I want, we need to hit one major theme here before before we got to get out of here today on Longhorn Confidential, presented by Zaxby's, and that is the run to Arlington. Six games left. Texas still mathematically alive, very much alive, uh, to get to the Big 12 championship game, possibly get a rematch against these same Oklahoma Sooners. This week is the first step in that, a game against Kansas. Uh, if you if you tuned in expecting us to talk about Kansas, a 21-point dog this week, you're uh, you're very, very disappointed right now. Uh, Rock Chalk Radio is on another channel. But, uh, Kirk. Yes, sir. Start with you and said, uh, Kansas this week, Texas should bounce back, but games at TCU, at Iowa State, at Baylor, loom heavy, down the line does texas get back to arlington oh boy i i think if they do it'll probably be with one more loss and then that you get your weird two loss ties and tiebreakers and all that but you know it's it's hard not to see a loss in that trio of road games to 
TCU, Iowa State, and Baylor. I mean, just, don't jump off the wagon, uh, Doug. So I haven't been on the wagon. We, we both pick all you to cover. Okay, there you go. You know, I just <laughs> yeah. Look out below. I mean, can either of you two see him running the table? Why? Why? Why got to? Why got to put me on the spot on the podcast? Because that's what we do. Here. That's a good okay, point. Yeah. Okay. Um, I agree with you. Uh, two weeks ago. We Brian doesn't even ask that question. No, he doesn't. That's not even a question after LSU. Absolutely, they're the they're the second best team in the Big Twelve. We said Chucky Brewer's got it going down in Waco. Is Baylor the second best team? I don't know, dog. They might be. Wow. And they get the Longhorns at the house. I don't know. I think um, so. Run the table, yes or no? I'm going to say yeah. Yes, because th- Texas I'm, runs the table. No, no. I'm saying yeah. They end up in Arlington against okay. OU. No. This team is does not look like a team that's going to win right. six straight games. No, I don't think so. But I think that they could still end up in Arlington against OU. I think they're going to either lose to Iowa State or to Baylor. I don't like what I see out of TCU. I think I don't either. But I that'll, think be, get, that'll be their TCU. season game. That'll be. Against... But I still think they'll get the little general. I think they'll beat TCU in Fort Worth. But at Iowa State or at Baylor, one of those is a loss. Yeah. But they still could get to Arlington. Brian, what do you say? I'm feeling good about my nine and three prediction. Yeah. But I will say this is that yes, last week I thought that Oklahoma and Texas were the clear class of this league. Okay. Oklahoma, obviously, yes. But that was before uh we saw what we saw in Dallas, and that was, let's be honest, a complete step backwards for a program that had that you could have Taken to the bank was very physical. You could have uh, bet the farm on they were going to show up and punch somebody in the mouth. And bottom line is, for three hours they they got they got body slammed. Is it fair Dallas. to say OU's the class of the league? And then maybe you could throw a blanket on the next four teams: Texas, Baylor, it's field. Ohio State, Iowa State. The I mean, field, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I wouldn't put West Virginia in there or Kansas. Probably not Kansas State. Texas Tech's getting better. I, I'm 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 pretty comfortable saying that, and I wrote this out of Waco two weeks ago. Baylor for the bronze. I think Baylor's definitely in the top three. Oh. I think it's those three, and then everybody else. Because I think Iowa State's had problems scoring the ball. Baylor's been putting up yeah. points. Yeah, and Iowa State plays better at home. And Baylor has you taken know. their act on the road and played well away from home. Oklahoma State's a mystery team. When you mark my words, Oklahoma State's going to knock off somebody, whether it's Baylor, that. Baylor, Oklahoma, or somebody. I think Texas was fortunate to get them early on. Yeah, I think Before so Spencer too. grew up. All right. Long way to go, uh, but that's the end of the road here for us. Uh, Longhorn Confidential is brought to you by Zaxby's. Taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. Appreciate everybody listening. This has been Longhorn Confidential.